I greet you in Lord's holy name. Uh, I'm sorry for being late. A few minutes back only we got that uh, uh, internet connection, broadband connection. So it was delayed. But I thank God that uh, we got this one. Pray that uh, we will not have any problem as such. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, this privilege of meeting together like this through Zoom. Lord, we thank you for uh, ministering to us through your word. We thank you for the fellowship you're enjoying. It's because of you and because of uh, your word. And even today, as you're going to continue our study from Book of Mark, Lord, we pray that you speak to us, honor your word among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Monday, when we started, we looked at uh, who is this Mark? He's known as John Mark. And uh, we have studied about uh, his life. We saw that uh, he is from a very good uh, background where his mother was very active in the ministry. But later, in one point of time, he was backslidden. But because of his mentor, Barnabas, he could come back and he could be a great blessing for the church. And now we have the gospel. And also we looked at uh, the broad outline of the book and the significance of this gospel. We are thanking God for uh, this uh, particular gospel, which really gives us a clear picture about Jesus as a servant. And he's a great role model for all of us. And Peter, instead of writing this gospel, he could use uh, John Mark to write this. And uh, very clearly, we could uh, see the vision statement of Jesus. Right from that, he starts the ministry in Galilee. Later, we saw yesterday that uh, not only vision, the mission of Jesus is following the vision of uh, Jesus. <clears throat> yesterday, we could see the difference between vision and mission. We thank God that uh, we also have a clarity because God has called us to be his servants. All of us have to uh, consider Jesus as a servant and we are also a co-worker with the Lord in the vineyard. The word and deed of Jesus by miracles and teachings, another important factor we have seen yesterday. He was a man of integrity. He could connect both word and deed together. Yesterday we closed with the thought that Jesus had opposition, not only the later days on the cross, he was dying. Even before that, the opposition he had from his own people and even his disciples misunderstood. And his, uh, the religious leaders were discussing with political leaders to kill him. To that level, he faced opposition. So problems, persecutions, challenges are part and parcel of Christian life and Christian ministry. That's what we looked at yesterday. The broad outline up to eight chapter verse 26, three years of ministry in Galilee is highlighted. And today we are going to look at the second part. Uh, Jesus is going towards Jerusalem with his disciples. And that is six months time is highlighted. Chapter eight verse 27 to chapter 10 verse 52. And God willing, tomorrow we are going to look at uh, the Passion Week uh, story. That's chapter 11 
till chapter 16 verse 8 eight days of uh, points is highlighted there and uh, tomorrow we are going to look at uh, in detail how mark is concluding his gospel but uh, both uh, uh, matthew and mark are taking the uh, travel towards jerusalem as a process but luke is coming out very clearly there's a clear cut uh, distinction between the ministry in galilee and ministry in jerusalem and when you are going to look at uh, the book of luke we will see that the book can be divided into two up to chapter 9 verse 50 jesus was in galilee and in 51 as i said yesterday it's a very precious verse as the time approached for jesus to be taken up heaven jesus resolutely set out for jerusalem so he set his heart towards jerusalem when it's time to be taken to heaven otherwise his time in the world is coming to close he knew very clearly and that time he set his heart towards jerusalem that is a discipleship thought and we need to be really focused why did he set his heart towards jerusalem or other versions will say that set his face to go to jerusalem he was so focused because to die for the sins of the world not to become the prime minister not to become the great leader normally we think of going to the uh, capital to become great that's what we see it's something like uh, going to delhi and uh, why do you want to go to become great but jesus has decided to go to the capital or uh, jerusalem where he has to die my dear brothers and sisters jesus set his heart to go to jerusalem for the sake of fulfilling god's plan and purposes that is very important so that's a process going to jerusalem and in this passage we could clearly divide into the passage into various uh, subheadings there are many many uh, small small subheadings are there if you have your english bibles with headings you can see that there are many but i want to put it in four categories number one he wants to prepare his disciples for his death three years are gone three years he taught them he was with them he was giving them more exposures and now he started saying that i'm going to die and he started preparing them for his death second one he wanted to teach some of the lessons to the uh, disciples matthew and luke are giving more space for that one and they are writing more about uh, jesus in this uh, passage he gives some of the topics where he wanted to teach them third one is very important chapter 3 chapter 10 verses 1 to 31 talks about jesus concern on family related matters my brothers and sisters matthew 19 and mark 10 are very important when you consider this topic on family i wish that we'll have enough time to look at that passage and in the concluding passage 
we see that in the final days before reaching Jerusalem, what has happened. That also I want to stop and wanted to discuss with you. These are four, four headings we are going to look at. It's unfortunate that we don't have time to read the whole passage. Otherwise, it would be lovely to hear somebody reading for the whole passage. But this evening, I requested dear Sangeeta uh, from Mysore EU to read this passage for us, the first passage, that is uh, Mark chapter 8, verses 27 to 38. She'll be reading for us, Sangeeta. Yes, uncle. And Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Yes, Sangeeta. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say, Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Christ. And he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not, in, not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man no gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Thank you, Uncle. Thank you so much, uh, Sangeeta, for that lovely leading. Let's continue to pray for Sangeeta uh, from Mysore, EU. Thank you, Sangeeta. I appreciate that. Today evening, we are going to talk about Christian discipleship. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus is focusing on discipleship. I just wanted to give two important things right now. One is the de definition of discipleship. Because uh, we need to take time to think. In a discipleship camp, you are graduated. You become a disciple now. It's not that way. Discipleship is a process. It's a life spent seeking Christ-likeness in the company of other seekers. We have to grow with others. Discipleship is not that uh, I can just set, uh, set my uh, room ready and then I can go in and then I can pray and I can enjoy my presence with the Lord. After that, 
nothing to do with the, the church or Christian fellowship. That's wrong, wrong. Christ-likeness among others, it is important. It is true that you need to have your quiet time. Your time, uh, spend time with God is very important. But in the company of other seekers, we have to grow. One more definition. Discipleship uh, describes the process of spiritual growth in each area of our lives to be more pleasing to the Lord. It is a spiritual growth in every area of our life. Very important. It's not one area. It's every area of our life should be covered. And it is for the pleasing of the Lord. It is not my selfish uh, satisfaction. I am not following the world, but I am uh, interested in God, so I am happy. It's not that way. It is to please the Lord. I have to grow in my spiritual life. And thirdly, we need to uh, look at uh, the important aspect. The Lord, the discipleship is also means the Lordship of Christ. Uh, Lordship of Christ is very much uh, important. And we know that uh, we call him as Lord and uh, he's our master. And uh, a discipleship is uh, following the master. Um, so, uh, so think of uh, discipleship in a right way, please. And second thing is, I want to tell you about uh, uh, devotee and a disciple. In these days, we know the difference between a devotee and a disciple. And uh, a devotee is the one who is following uh, anybody and uh, just for the uh, self-satisfaction. He is a devotee. She is a devotee. But disciple is a different person. Even among the Christians, we see that there are many, many devotees. And discipleship, they don't want to have it. Not only in church, even in ministry, it can happen. So my brothers and sisters, be careful. We are not producing devotees. We have to produce disciples. That's what Jesus was telling. You go into the world and make disciples. So this passage is so important that Jesus is talking about uh, disciples, discipleship, not devotees who can just uh, uh, follow him in big number. Keeping that in mind, we will uh, look at all these four paragraphs, what he's talking about uh, to the disciples. Number one, he wants to prepare his disciples Chapter 8, verse 27 onwards, just now Sangeeta has read for us. The uh, first passage talks about Peter's confession. As they were together, Jesus is asking, who, who am I and what others are saying about me? Everyone is telling you are a prophet and others are talking about uh, this and that. And Jesus asked a very plain question. Whom do you think? Then to that question, Peter answered, Lord, you are the son of the most holy God. You are Christ. You are not just Jesus. You are the Christ. You are the anointed God's son. Then immediately Jesus said, it is not uh, you saying, Peter, God has revealed. My dear brothers and sisters, it's a reality. 
even in our times as we are reading the scriptures as we are enjoying the fellowship with other believers definitely god wants to communicate truths to us as jesus told peter it is not you god has revealed the things to you so each one of us should long for such revelations as you read god's word let god reveal himself to you like peter you can also confess boldly but that's not the end the passage goes on then jesus started saying that he is going to die but he didn't stop there he said he is he will be risen he will be uh, is going to come back as he was uh, talking about it we know that uh, peter was upset with that peter thought you are a son of man god and you are so great why you have to die then gently he took him away and said lord it did not happen to you but jesus confronted him and scolded him saying that you satan you satan and when we look at that we know that uh, jesus is uh, very upset with peter even to that level he could say that uh, uh, you get away from me satan because he is not thinking of god's perspective when he heard that jesus is going to die peter was very upset my dear brothers and sisters even today there are many many christians they want to have every blessing from jesus but they don't want to talk about the sufferings for jesus number 1 number 2 the one who has received such a great revelation can also be scolded like uh, you get away from me satan that means immediately my spirit can come under the satanic thinking that is not world can come under the world thinking worldly thinking not of the god's thinking so we have to be doubly careful as you are growing in our christian discipleship any time we can have a wrong understanding especially when we think of uh, the suffering for the sake of the gospel after that uh, jesus talked about the disciples discipleship that's a very powerful passage chapter 8 verses 34 to 38 in matthew chapter 16 we read this passage it says very clearly whoever wants to be my disciples or if anyone wants to follow me it is a calling if you are willing to accept the calling you can accept if you want to reject it you can reject it it is not a compulsion it's a calling whoever wants to be my disciples if anyone wants to follow me even today jesus is not pushing you to be his disciple we have consciously decided saying no to devil and no to the world and we have decided that uh, i want to be a follower of christ i want to be a disciple of lord jesus christ that is a very conscious decision we have taken my dear brother and sister just stop and think are you a devotee or are you a disciple do you Uh, do you feel that you are compelled to take a decision to be a disciple of lord jesus or can you confidently say this invitation was given to me 
if you want to follow me i have decided to say no to the world and yes to jesus even if somebody is here in this bible study who don't have an assurance if you don't have a confidence that i am a disciple of lord jesus even today you can take a decision lord i am a simple devotee this evening after studying this passage i want to be a disciple of you god will honor your decision god will bless you let's go forward in ninth chapter verses 1 to 13 we see that jesus has taken peter john and james to mountain top and there he was transfigured the transfigured uh, the thought is very clear in the second coming we also will be like him the body has transfigured it was a glorious thing jesus is discussing with moses and elijah and as they are coming down he was telling this disciples don't tell anybody but i'll read the verse for you chapter 9 verse 9 as they were coming down the mountain jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they have seen until the son of man had, had risen from the dead it's not that a secret thing is telling but until the son of man is risen from the dead that's what i wanted to uh, uh, tell you now are there any secret uh, secret things in christ even in uh, chapter 8 verse 30 we could see that jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him when peter was telling that you are the messiah you are the son of god jesus says he actually he said he warned them not to tell anyone about him why he wanted to be very secret think about it you have to have a proper interpretation of this passage even just before this passage uh, sangeeta was reading from verse 27 when you look at uh, uh, even 26 like he was telling don't uh, uh, tell others my goodness that means the interpretation is very clear he doesn't want to get unnecessary uh, name fame he doesn't want to become a great man by having the praise from others he wanted to be very clear in god's time he want to do his purposes till i die and i'm risen keep it a secret now my dear brothers and sisters in christianity there is no secrets the transcendental meditation a very powerful movement those who are talking about uh, the transcendental meditations they will tell you that uh, they can make you transcendental that otherwise you can uh, they can take you to some other place even in some part of yoga they also will tell you and they will say you start with secret we will give you a secret code and you have to give that you have to keep that secret st- statement and you have to repeat it and constantly think of the secret word 
please don't compare that with this discipleship. Here, it is not at all that way. Jesus is not talking in that terms. He doesn't want to get unnecessary fame and name by saying that. And after his uh, death and resurrection, these three disciples, John, Peter, and James started saying this. And now in the gospel, it has come, even in the writing in First Peter, we can read about it. In First John, we read about it. We know that we will be like him. Definitely. When you look at First John chapter 3, that's what we studied on that day. John had this in mind when Jesus was transferred in the new body with that they could see. Same thing will happen to us in the second coming. So my dear brothers and sisters, Jesus is preparing his disciples before his death. Second part, I have to go a little fast because I have many things to share with you. Uh, second uh, thought is uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples. There are many, many things he wanted to uh, tell the disciples. Matthew and Luke are writing little extensively about other teachings. John have to learn. Four things I wanted to highlight. The first paragraph, that is right after Jesus has come down from that uh, mountain with his three disciples, something uh, bad is happening. That's the reality of Christian life. When you are in the mountaintop experience, praising God, worshiping, enjoying the camp, and everything is fine, it's almost like you are with Jesus. And when you come down in the plains, you see that devil is active. And there was a boy, and disciples could not heal him. And they were struggling. And even the disciples were wondering why it is so. And there Jesus has healed that boy completely. Then later, he's talking to his disciples. You have to fast and pray. Sometimes some of the devils, some of the satanic powers are so mighty. Very precious lessons he was teaching them. Just one, one chapter before, we see that uh, Jesus has sent his disciples into the uh, world and asked them to heal people, uh, uh, heal people who are uh, de uh, demon possessed, heal people from who are physically ill, and also to teach others. He gave them power. But here, we see this, this particular incident, the disciples could not do further. And there, he has to teach one more precious lesson. Fasting and prayer is very important. Even to that boy's father, Jesus is telling, in faith, it's everything is possible. In faith, everything is possible. My dear brothers and sisters, all of us have to learn this precious lesson. As we are growing in our discipleship, keep that in mind. We need to grow in our faith. We cannot be called as people with little faith. Uh, most of you are young people. I thank God for the faith you have in Christ Jesus. 
as you are growing, it's very much possible you can reason out. You can use your um, mind. You can use your reasons and you may go down with your faith. As you go further, it's very much possible naturally and without faith, we can do many things because of our experience. I hope you understand. When you are experienced, then you don't need anybody. You don't need anybody's help. So you don't need, you don't need the grace of God and your faith on Christ will go down. So even as I'm growing in my age, I need to be careful. As I started in faith, in my life, Christian life and in my Christian ministry, I have to close with that faith. In between, we may fall down from our faith. That's a precious lesson Jesus taught the disciples. And fasting and prayer to get uh, deliverance is very important. We need to have a separate session on uh, fasting and prayer. I don't want to uh, go, in, go into the details because I have many things to share. But in a life situations, sometimes to give you strength. It's not to change the hand of God. Keep that in mind. And even after great blessings, don't simply say, because I fasted and prayed, it has happened. Keep that in mind. It is because of the faith in Christ Jesus. It is because of the dependent on God. God wants to bless you. After this, <clears throat> something bad has happened. As you were growing, we do not know how many days it has happened. See, in one hour session, we are talking about six months period. This all happened six months period. So when the healing has happened, as they were going, something has happened very badly. The disciples were started talking, who is great among them? Very bad, very bad. Can it happen? It can happen. Even in our churches, <clears throat> there's a big fight for to be in the committees. And in the ministries, they want to have prominent places. I want to be known as a EU president. I want to be known as a EU secretary. Such, that's a, such a feeling can come. You and each of ministries also can be carried away by who is greater. And to them, Jesus taught a precious lesson keeping a child. My dear brothers and sisters, in case if your heart is puffed up, who is greater? Learn this from, from children. We have to learn. Jesus taught that precious lesson to the disciples. Even later, we are going to look at two disciples uh, were very cunningly wanted to have a prominent place. Even after this thing happened, the two disciples in few months' time, they were demanding Jesus to become great. So it can happen to a team, it can happen to an individual, it can happen to some of us. We need to be very, very careful. One more uh, message we read in chapter 9, verse 38 onwards. There we see that 
John, individually he is coming, a loving disciple. He says, teacher, we saw someone you are and we told him to stop us is typical 21st century my dear brothers and sisters hear me properly here Jesus says I'm sorry for the interruption. So Jesus is telling that tolerance is very much needed. We need to love one another in Christ. Uh, we have to go forward. And uh, the last passage in chapter 9 talks about a stumbling block to others. Look at that. Jesus says, when you respect others, when you take care of others, God will honor you. But when you are a stumbling block for others to grow in Christian life, it's better for you to die. It's better for you to remove one hand, one eye. It's like that he's scolding very strongly. Three times he's talking about hell. Very interesting. Here, when he's talking about the teachings to disciples, there he's talking about hell three times. I want to communicate something serious to you. We should not uh, threaten people to commit uh, their life to Jesus, to accept Jesus by talking talk to them about heaven and hell. But uh, those who are following Christ, they need to be really 
serious about heaven and hell. We'll be like Jesus in heaven. That's a great truth. At the same time, if you are not going to lead a holy life, it's better for us to uh, think of uh, removing one hand and one eye. That's the way he was teaching. And in the end of the passage, he closes very beautifully. He says, have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. It's lovely. It is not that we need to have salt and so that we can be very uh, salty. But he adds one more dimension, be at peace with each other. Discipleship is growing as a community of God's people. And discipleship individually, we need to have salt. The saltiness should not go and we need to grow together. My dear brothers and sisters, kindly keep this in mind. As you are thinking of Christian discipleship, personally, we need to follow Christ closely. And we need to have such a saltiness in our Christian commitment. At the same time, we need to have peace with others and we should not be a stumbling block for others. May the Lord help each one of us to take this message seriously. Even when we look at uh, the tolerance part, there is uh, one example in Moses' time. In Numbers 11, we read about it. Once God said, you bring 70 people to the tent of meat. I want to talk to them. And 68 people went into the tent. Two of them did not go there. But all of a sudden, when they are at home, they were prophesying in the camp. They, didn't, they were not part of the 70 people. But even on their own houses, when they're there in the camp, they got uh, the spirit of God coming upon them. Then Joshua came and asked Moses, Moses, my Lord, stop them. These two people are prophesying. To Joshua, Moses said like this in verse 29, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. What a great uh, tolerance Moses had. And uh, definitely, like Joshua, we can also misunderstand. One more example I wanted to quote, that is from Paul's life. We already studied in the book of Philippians, first chapter. We, we know Paul is talking about in the context of he's in the jail and people started uh, uh, ministering so that uh, what all the left behind by Paul could be completed. Thank God. But there are other people are involving in God's work in the name of Christ. They wanted to preach so that Paul will get more beatings or Paul will get more sufferings. Look at their motives. And here Paul looks at them and says like this, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. He says, the people may have wrong motives and preach Christ. But even then, I'm happy because they are preaching Christ. We need to have such a tolerance and we need to learn from the teaching of Jesus.
Let me go into the important uh, passage for this evening. When we talk about Christian discipleship, family matters a lot. Chapter 10 of Mark. And same thing we read in Matthew 19 chapter, a powerful uh, chapter in Matthew. Jesus is talking on family matters. First 12 verses here talks about dignity and importance of marriage. You know the context. The Pharisees came and questioned Jesus. They were the people who are holding the law. And they know what Moses was talking in Old Testament. And they were asking Jesus, not uh, just asking, they are questioning Jesus. What do you think when Jesus, Moses is talking about divorce? For a genuine reason, can we do divorce? Are you accepting that one? And to them, Jesus poured out his heart. And he could say very clearly, what is the dignity of marriage? And he could talk about the importance of marriage. And because of your hardness of the heart, Moses has allowed you to say. Otherwise, in God's perfect will, there is no divorce. That's what he was telling. My dear brothers and sisters, we know that marriage was established before the sin has come into this world. Before sin came into this world, marriage was created. And right in the beginning of God's creation, God has made it like a family. When, look, when you look at verse 6 and 7 and all, you can see that. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Marriage is established before the fall came into this world. But because of the sin, it is unfortunate. Pathetic things are happening. Now, devil is very anxious to see that uh, marriages are broken. I'm sure that uh, the participants of this Bible study, all of you could testify how the Christian marriages are struggling. They may end up in divorce, that's one thing. And in many families, they live under one roof, but they are not in talking terms. Husband and wife, parents and children, very pathetic. Marriage life is broken like anything. You might have heard this story when somebody was uh, flying. One person said, uh, I am not going to take anything because I am fasting. And this gentleman asked him, oh, you are fasting for what? And he said, I am worshipping the devil. And we fast and pray that Christian marriages will break down. It was a shock. But it is true. The followers of devil are praying to their own God, that is devil, that the Christian marriages will break down. My dear brothers and sisters who are yet to get married, take your marriage seriously. Your marriage can break you or otherwise your marriage can make you. Very important. In these days, young people are just carried away by uh, evil thoughts and they don't take marriage seriously. Many things I'll, I can talk about it. But be careful. Take marriage seriously. And Christian workers and Egypt members, senior graduates, hear me. Next to God, your marriage is very important. Some of us, at the cost of 
uh, marriage. We want to involve in ministry. Very sad. And uh, we wanted to leave uh, home, marriage, and uh, give importance to ministry. And we'll end up in uh, bad testimony. Verses 13 to 16, a lovely passage on little children. Look at that. Jesus loved little children. You can imagine Jesus is extremely busy. And now he has set his heart to go to Jerusalem to die. And he wanted to train his disciples. And even these disciples are having a hell of a lot of problem. Who is greater and who can become the uh, next to him? All sorts of problems are going on. But among these disciples, Jesus loved the children. And he scolded the disciples, why you are not allowing children to come to me? In Indian context, we know that our former Prime Minister, Jawaharlal Nehru, was known for his love for children. It's lovely to see that uh, a Prime Minister uh, was so happy with small children. In these days, many of us, especially preachers, pastors, don't like to have children when we are speaking. They are a stumbling block. They are hindrances. My dear brothers and sisters, look at Jesus. He loved the children. He took off from his busy ministry and said, let the children come to me. And he blessed them. Very nice word, bless them. There are many things I can talk to you about the importance of children. Please take note of it. Children are precious. They are not uh, your burden. Then comes to the main point about young people. Let me take a little time to talk about it. All the three gospel writers write about this incident. Matthew, Mark, Luke. And, uh, and it clearly mentioned that he is a young man. And in the family context, husband and wife relationship is important. Marriage also have a dignity. And little children are precious, and we need to bless them. And when it comes to the rich people, uh, rich young men, we know that it's going to be a big challenge. My brothers and sisters, in these days, uh, richness is not uh, how much money you have. When you compare with others, most of us are rich. Even you may say that you are a um, middle-class family or lower middle-class family. But when you look at the Indians, they don't have three meals in a day. Lacks and lacks of Indians are there. And when you compare to that one, definitely you are rich. You are rich. And let me tell you, my dear parents, you spoil your children in some times by giving them too much of pocket money, too much of facilities. For example, if this boy has gone into the college, he says he wants a mobile phone. Very good. You need that. Even in this day, school children also need a mobile phone because the lockdown is forcing them to use mobile phone for the classes. Fine. But that boy comes and says you, I have my friend. He has an Apple mobile phone. Definitely, I also need that. And what you do? You take a loan. You mortgage your jewel and buy uh, Apple phone for 35,000 is not needed. For him, it's because it's a prestigious thing, a status. 
if you have an ipad or apple uh, phone i also should have you spoil him you spoil him in that way be careful uh, parents should not spoil our children nothing wrong nothing wrong in giving an ipad or giving an apple phone nothing wrong giving a very good bike uh, very costly bike so that my son can go into the college campus uh, very proudly if your motive is wrong gone look at uh, first timothy chapter 6 verse 10 for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil some people eager for money and materials they are wandered from faith and pierced themselves with many griefs when you're talking about christian discipleship it's a very important thought money can spoil you like anything my dear young friend any point of time don't keep money as a dictating term for you it should be your slave and it cannot be your master money cannot be your master in terms of a job in terms of your decision about your marriage money cannot be the criteria please please otherwise you will be like this rich man when jesus says you follow me he will say that lord i cannot follow you and it says that he went away without uh, taking any decision money be careful last paragraph lovely lovely in this context peter and others were saying if if it is so it's very difficult to follow christ if rich people cannot follow christ and how how come it is like that verse 27 and in verse 28 peter says we left everything we were also rich if we had business for last 3 years i would have become a big a fisherman but i left everything that's what peter was thinking and to him jesus said for my sake for the sake of the kingdom for the sake of the gospel if you leave anything you will get hundredfold you will have hundred brothers and sisters families look at that what a beautiful thought it's an exciting passage for me jesus is talking about family in christ my brothers and sisters in january 1978 42 years back i told my parents i am going to join in ministry please don't worry about me god will take care of me definitely i won't disturb you by asking money from you and i came in faith with one suitcase i went from a place salem and joined in ministry with one suitcase in my hand i look back 42 years are gone now not hundreds thousands of my brothers and sisters and parents and uh, now daughters and sons even nowadays i have grandchildren thank god thank god if you have missed the chance i would have lost such a big family for christ let me close with that last paragraph chapter 10 verse 30 to 52 just before going to jerusalem these three things have happened number 1 again jesus wanted to pour his heart to tell them very clearly i am going to die in jerusalem and they were not thinking of it very seriously and even during that time james and john in other passage we see that his their mother came and asking 
to Jesus to give them a prominent place. Lord, if you will become the prime minister, I want my son to be the home minister, and I, my, I want to see my other son will be the finance minister. Give, give, him, give them the best position. What a sad story of these great people. And Jesus was feeling very bad. All the ten disciples were angry with them. That's what it says. And in that context, our own familiar passage, that is chapter, familiar verse, uh, chapter 10, verse uh, 45 is coming. Jesus has not come to, to be served, but to serve. It is in this context itself. My brothers and sisters, even today, in our fellowship, in our church, there are people like James and John, lovely people, but they want to be in a prominent position and it spoils the fellowship. And Jesus is saying very clearly, don't expect to be served, but to serve. Last one, as they were about to reach Jerusalem, this blind man got an opportunity and he didn't miss that last visit. No more chance of Jesus going back in the same street. That man shouted, even when others were scolding, they, he shouted and he got a blessing in his life. There are many, many testimonies like that. In the last opportunity, they plead to Jesus and become a disciple of Jesus. Even in our own life, don't wait for last opportunity. Even today, if you want to take a decision to follow Christ, not as a devotee, but as a disciple, take it very seriously. And salvation is free, but discipleship is costly. Are you ready to take a decision to follow Christ truthfully? Even after three times of Jesus predicting about death, these people are talking about their crown and they completely misunderstood him. They didn't take it seriously. In fact, even as Jesus died, they went and shut their home and then they were all in the room. Only Mary has to come and wake them up, say that Jesus is risen. What a pathetic condition it is. Three times Jesus predicted, even today, it can happen to me and to you. When Jesus is revealing some truths to us, we won't understand, we don't take it seriously. Last one. I shared my heart about the importance of family-related matters. Chapter 10. If you have a real problem with your family life, go back to Mark 10. My uh, sons, if you don't have sons and daughters, if you don't have a proper relationship with your parents, go back to Mark 10 chapter. And husband and wife and children, please, you also give importance to family matters because next to God, family is important. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this lovely passage. Jesus poured his heart to his disciples. Even in this evening, as we study this passage, maybe in a hurry, we went uh, to all the passages. But we know that uh, uh, you share your heart with us. Help each one of us who have participated in this Bible study and each one of us who are going to hear this message in YouTube will make a decision not to be a devotee, but to be a disciple. Thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' precious name, we humbly pray. Amen. Thank you. Sorry for...
the interruption. Thank you.